Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservant. The great fundamental issue now before our people. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in. To another edition of Libservative, the show of two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. Welcome you all of you welcome all of you into our community. I don't know if you could tell by the way I just spoke right there, but I'm already a Long Island iced tea deep. So this is just going to be an interesting episode. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he is the world-famous Dan Griffin. World-famous? Well, I don't know. In your world, at least. <laughs> He's going to say, you fucking narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> it's your world, Dan. I'm just living in it. Uh, we've got some fun stuff to cover today. I have uh, changed my tune on uh, a li- at least to a degree, on what the Freedom Caucus has done. Uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about Biden's new uh, immigration policy or what have you. Uh, the Biden files! I'm surprised they haven't been called that already. Uh, a little news from the from the FTC, some positive news uh, if, you're, if you support workers. And uh, some interesting stuff about bees. But before that, Corey, tell the people all the places, all the interesting fun places they can find us as some new stuff coming up here in 2023. Oh, what did you do? What did you do? You lost your script, didn't you? I don't have my scripts. You son of a bitch. Libservative podcast is found <laughs> on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found on Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at libservativepod. You can find our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Not tomorrow. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe. Like and follow and tell a friend. Subscribe yesterday. Corey, uh, you have an interesting background behind you. That's okay. You're doing some demolition work. We're doing some moving. Yeah. I'm tearing down walls. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. This this is a load-bearing wall, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm moving my studio and the rooms and the house around and stuff like that. So right now I'm just in a corner with a black sheet behind me which makes you want to drink so what are you drinking i am drinking i actually wanted to save it until the show started to open it up on here it is a left-hand brewing company flamingo dreams a berry blonde ale and let me tell you or let me ask you if you can tell what this is it's a nitro it's a nitro i knew it i could tell by the sound i knew you could (laughs) oh yeah frothy that look really, at that that really looks like uh it's so close to the fucking camera <laughs> period blood you're pouring in there <laughs> mm, gotta get that iron somehow frothy <laughs> extra frothy just beer tonight for you huh <laughs> i got some basil hayden's around here somewhere Ah, uh, yeah that's your that's your that's your jam after my um my Long Island, I decided to crack open that. I don't know if you can see it over my, I guess this is my right shoulder, the nice decanter that my 
mom got me for Christmas. I had some Thanks, Eagle, mom. Had some Eagle Rare in there. Got little little glow glasses that came with it. I'm going all out tonight. Jesus fuck. <laughs> I'm over here being held up with rubber bands and toothpicks, Dan. I can see, I can see the whatever's in your room behind your uh, your shoulder there. Other way. Oh god. Other way. <laughs> it's actually it's just a, a lamp. <laughs> Uh, Brick Tamlin lamp. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, what have you uh, been consuming in the, uh, the the realm of of the culture? In the culture, so I just started. I didn't finish it yet, but I started watching uh, this place rules that um, documentary about January sixth. Have you oh, watched that one yet? I have not, but I'm all in. It's so far. It's pretty interesting. The guy does a pretty good job because, like, I guess. The premise of the show is what this guy would do on YouTube is he would just drive around the country and just interview random people at expos and everything. Like some things not political, some things political. And he just compiled all the all the different stuff he had filmed from all the different uh, like rallies and um, town halls and uh, different things like that and marches and stuff that he went to. And he does a pretty good job at talking to both sides. And you could tell that, like, because that's what he does on his YouTube. He kind of finds, like, the crazier ones. But there's a ton of left crazies on there, too, that he's talking to, just like people so on the right. So does he, like, go around and interview, like, a chemtrail believer and then follow that up with, like, a non-binary professor of biology? In, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> he talks to one guy who was talking about, like, God, it's a like being against circumcisions and then like he's like and you can tell he's probably at uh oh what was that thing called in oregon where like the people were just saying it's an anarchist block or whatever oh ch- uh, chop chaz yeah chap chaz or chop Seattle, or whatever and like he's talking to all these people they're talking about being anarcho-capitalists and or anarcho-communists and <laughs> all these crazy ass people yeah it's pretty interesting. I haven't finished it yet. I didn't like. I, w- I had to get off of it yesterday for our pre-show meeting. To be fair, and, uh, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of against circumcisions too. Really? Not for any like, uh, like uh, I guess moral reason, but because like I think about what my pleasure center might feel like had my parents not gotten me circumcised. Like like let me make that choice, kind of thing. I would like yeah. to know what it feels like to have sex with an uncirced penis, but I'll never be able to know that. I'm going to soundbite that I'm one. I'm sorry. A cir- <laughs> yeah, an uncirced. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uncirced penis. <laughs> but anybody who is uncirced can eventually find out what it's like to have sex with a cirked penis. You just pull the skin back and put a rubber band on it or something? It's, it's, I don't I'm know. Just, I'm just trying to be libertarian here. I just want my <laughs> my, my penis's liberties Uh to be to be my my choice my body my choice well technically the <laughs> argument for libertarians would be the parentals the parents making the decision for their children so that what the children don't count i don't know <laughs> Do i sound like a leftist no actually i i guess i probably sounded more like a conservative there children you, no, don't, you don't care about the children the children what do they do with all the skin <laughs> Does that sound like a right-wing crazy? They put it in a ball and let Jerry Sandusky sniff it until the end of time. That's what they do. <laughs> that was a stipulation for his guilty plea. <laughs> this is the one thing we're going to give you. It's like, I'll plead guilty if you, you just to, give me the You get the, to the sniff foreskin. all this cirque skin. God damn it. We went off the rails with that one, huh? 
and you're gonna love it. Yeah, I I didn't I I didn't really have anything new that I've consumed. I uh, I finished the FIFA Uncensored uh, four part documentary. Oh yeah, how was that? It uh, it finished in a way where it's really really weird because you you kind of leave it feeling a little bit sorry for Set Bladder, but not that much sorry for Set Bladder. It's one of those situations where. It seems like Sepp Blatter, who was the the head of FIFA at the time of all of these bribery scandals, uh, the president of FIFA, it, it actually seems like he probably didn't know at least everything that was everything that was going on. But you 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 get the idea that it maybe it was because he was like willfully ignorant about it. It was like don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And so like you get to the end of it, and you I'm I was left kind of being understanding. For Sepp Blatter about not maybe not knowing some of the things that was going on underneath his nose, but I was all, I also had the feeling of dude, you're the fucking FIFA president, man. Like you're the how head do you of, not know? Yeah, you're, you're, well, the buck even, stops with you. But even if you didn't know, you're still responsible, right? Like think about if you're think about if you're the uh, you know the CEO of a company and you find out that you know there's an old boys club below you that's like sexually harassing all the women in the office and you didn't know about it. Well, guess what? You're still fucking responsible. Like that's kind of part of taking a position like that as a CEO or a president of a company. You're in charge of the culture. Well, and but not only that, but. So, even if some shit, some unsavory shit goes on below you, part of taking that job is knowing, hey, some stuff might go on below me that I might not know about, and it's still my responsibility, and I need to step down if that happens, right? Right. Let's just let's just part. It should. It should honestly. It should be in the job description of of anybody who takes a CEO job or or the president of a company of a company's job. If things happen below you, it is your responsibility. Sorry. Bye. See ya. So I didn't feel it's that sorry for him. He made a lot of money. Fuck that guy. Oh, and then I found a new artist. I feel like I typically always bring like a new album, a new artist to the forefront of the show. I found this guy named Jeremy Pinnell, and he's just a country music artist, but he just has a real authentic sound. It's pretty good. I don't know what else to say other than like I don't have any sound bites of his music for the sake of YouTube, but is he the next? He's the next Luke Combs, isn't he? No, no Snapchats. <laughs> Luke Combs, I think I'm pretty sure has Snapchats. I don't know. He's Luke Combs' sound is pretty pretty legit. For at least does he have Snapchats in his music? I don't. I don't know. I don't listen to it closely enough or listen to enough of it. I, all I know is Marissa loves him. So we're going to his concert next year at Fort or at at, at Comerica Park. That she you'll opened. find out if there's some weird bass or 808 beat type sound machine. It's 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 a lot of. Uh, it's it's I don't know it's pandery country music. Like does it sound does it sound like a pop song with a no, country twang? I don't think so. No, it's very. Uh, I'll 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 be the judge of that, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go, go listen. You know more than me. You know more than me. But it sounds pretty authentic um, to me. I like, think I don't knock that music though. Like today, I just heard. Uh, there's a guy I just saw. I just saw he had a TikTok, and he's his he's a country singer. He claims, but it's uh he's Louis the singer, and his music's dope. It was fucking good. But it's not authentic country. It's snap tracks with some country twang, twang and some harmonica. And I'm not knocking it, but I'm just it. Me personally, I get really, really offended that they take authentic country and then relabel that as 
Americana or country music and co- what, what country Western. This and then they take a, is this it a new situation shit. where it's like you commercialize the, the top tracks, but like the deep stuff maybe is better. Like I look at an artist like Justin Moore and that's how I kind of how I feel about his music. Like, yeah, but the- he never had snap tracks. He had the, the pandering bro country music, but it was at least authentic. I guess that's true. God, we're talking country music on this. He was show. like, we just lost, was a we part just lost everybody like, who's ever voted Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a part of like, he was in that transformation, like into bro country. And when they got away and started adding snap tracks and stuff, like, he had that song, like, I could kick your ass. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, no, I like Justin Moore. I bet you do. And then I was thinking, but I was thinking about that, like when you listen to like like Appalachian country and like a lot of these coal miners and stuff like that, and there are a lot of blue collar workers, and they talk about like the blue collar jobs being erased and destroyed because all of Appalachian area had just been just decimated with their jobs and the coal mines and stuff like that, and like it's such a far cry from like the polished clean country you hear on like your local radio station. Like these guys are talking about, like fuck the government, you know, <laughs> fuck this American dream bullshit. Like sounds I'm gonna like, mine nine hours a day. Sounds a lot like, uh, a lot like our show. But don't you find that interesting? Like the similarities between, uh, like Appalachian culture, especially like coal miner areas, and like what whatever the Black Lives Matter movement was originally supposed to be about. Very, very, like they're super similar, but. Oh yeah, like rednecks originally, like the original, like like they now it's been re-portrayed as a redneck is a like just a dumb hillbilly Trump from supporter. The just you know? just say it, just a Trump supporter. But the initial rednecks was they were called rednecks because they wore red scarves in solidarity because they were fucking unionizers and they wanted to fucking take down the nasty corporations that were destroying their lives. You call them the redneck socialists? That's what you're. They calling. were. A hundred percent. I said it and I meant it. Like, um, even Johnny Cash or not. I know Johnny Cash covered it, but I forget who sang the actual song, but it's uh, like 16 tons. It's like talks about the company store and how they basically own you and they have you in debt. And yeah, no, like there's, it's interesting when you really dive into country, like history, country music history and stuff, and like it's twists and turns. And the and cultural all that stuff. similarities between that, like the historical country music and like gangster rap. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Very, it's a reflection of what they see every day in their culture. Very similar and broke as fuck and trying to make themselves out of essentially nothing or less than nothing at certain times. But yeah, you know. it's real fucking music. How you feel about the Freedom Caucus, Corey? Unless- Anyways, <laughs> the Freedom Caucus. <laughs> the Freedom Caucus uses its power for potential good, and the squad should pay attention. Yeah, I said that last week. So, for for anything you could say about the Freedom Caucus, you know, a lot of it is just bullshit. You know, they kind of suck. But <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day, and. The thing I give them credit for that I don't give the squad for is they didn't just bend the knee right away. And just just to set it up, you're, we're 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 talking about how the Freedom Caucus was able to get uh, some concessions in order to finally elect uh, Mr. McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. Fifteen votes After later, 15 and almost votes. a brawl on the floor. There hasn't been a fight in the Capitol. I mean, 
between two representatives, you know, there was a bunch of bullshit on January 6th, but between two representatives since like 18, like 70 or something like that. No, like right before the civil war when they were all packing heat and stuff in the, <laughs> in the house. But uh, yeah, no, like some guy almost went after Matt Gates and like another rep had to come and cover his mouth and for it in case there's a hot mic around <laughs> and pull him away from him and shift. Pretty wild stuff. And so this is this is the the situation that I've I've changed my opinion just a little bit since since last week because I I kind of thought it was a laughing stock and I should have made this clear uh, on last week's show uh, that if certain concessions came out that made sense I would change my opinion which which I did which I have um, and that is that I think the Freedom Caucus. As much as I can't stand the people that represent the Freedom Caucus, as we've talked about multiple, multiple times, I think, I, I at least I want to believe that what happened this week with the concessions and, and in, in order to elect McCarthy as Speaker of the House, I want to I hope it's going to be a net positive. Um, and so I, I think you've got, some of the concessions in front of you, Corey, I've got a few in front of me. So, uh, yeah, so I have four that when I went through, like when I found like some of the different articles talking about, it, I think in New York times, uh, Washington examiner and Washington post. Um, I had four that stuck out to me that I was like, well, all right, these are actually pretty fucking good. And I don't know if you want me to read them and read mine off. And then uh, you just, I'll go. So I, I, it's, I, I just pulled mine from, from the New York Post. So under the new rules set uh, to be adopted Monday, a single member will be allowed to introduce a, quote, motion to vacate uh, vote ousting the speaker uh, is, is, what some, is what a House insider confirmed. And that's the thing is like none of this stuff is like in writing at this point, which is we'll, I think we'll get into because um, you'll hear the cynical side of at least me coming out on that. Um, it's it that one to me is really interesting because I love it and hate it at the same time. Like I love the idea that like if the speaker's doing a shitty job, you can just raise a vote to remove the speaker. Um but the problem is when you're talking about the Freedom Caucus and and the infighting uh and the ridiculous performative idiocy that comes out of most of the people in the Freedom Caucus. I can literally see a vote every single fucking day Congress is in session to, to oust McCarthy as the speaker. Can't you? Yeah, every single time. Oh, here we go. Sex sex chat 69.site. We got spammed on Twitch. I learned, oh, this is YouTube. I'm sorry. We got spammed on YouTube. That's fucking awesome. That's that's a sex chats over here offered us free private photos. Yeah, we're gonna throw it up. Anybody wants it. There you go, boys. Hey, this is fucking free market capitalism right here. Sex chat 69.site. Go go there. You'll probably get get a few uh Go ahead, give him that social security number. You'll get some <laughs> some stuff, some bald eagle spread for you. I was waiting. I was waiting to be spammed on YouTube. I'm now 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 we finally made it. We finally been spammed on YouTube. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and, let's see. Uh, where was I going next? Uh, any power that limits the speaker's power is a step in the right direction. Said jubilant yeah. Freedom Caucus staffer. 
It's it's just as a jubilant freedom caucus. Well, here's what's interesting about that too, Dan, is uh, that always that was always like the norm. It was like based on history, you know. uh, It was abnormal that it wasn't that because Pelosi actually changed that rule that a majority of the House had to be against it. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, and that was maybe the worst thing about Nancy Pelosi from like a congressional job perspective, the worst thing about Nancy Pelosi, I mean, we could argue about that all day, but from her job, from the perspective of her job as Speaker of the House, the worst thing she did was essentially consolidate power to her position. And we, I said it last week, I, I said it last week, like it was a brilliant fucking move. Like she was really, really good at it. She did a fantastic job. Um, but what I see the Freedom Caucus doing here is removing some of those powers. Now, do I believe it's in good faith? Absolutely not. Um, do I believe it's mostly performative? I do, because I, I don't know how many of these concessions are actually going to come to fruition, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple more, and if I miss any that you were... Uh, that you had, Corey. You can feel free to fill those in. Uh, A promise to... uh, to, uh, I'm sorry. A promise for guaranteed votes on pet issues is is how it's labeled in the uh, New York Post. What's a pet issue? Like like something that you love, like your issue, like a pet issue. Oh, okay. Uh, Like a a balanced (laughs) budget amendment, uh, term limits, uh, a Texas border ban, uh, and an end to all remaining coronavirus mandates and funding. Uh, the next one is a new committee to investigate the alleged weaponization of the FBI against its political foes. Uh, the committee would be modeled on the Church Committee. I know Corey loves this one, uh, which investigated <laughs> U.S. Love intelligence so agencies in 1975. Uh, it would it would have a budget comparable to the recently disbanded January 6th committee. So I'll stop there because I know I know you like this one. Oh, the Church Committee one. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have that one uh, on here as well, um, and I have an actual quote from it. But uh, so what I have down written, I'll save that one for last because we can ex- we can expand on it. Some of the ones I think you missed uh, was they they also want to make it to where bills must be distributed seventy two hours before the vote. Oh, I was getting there. Oh, okay. I was going to stop there so you could span on the church committee one. Oh. Go okay, ahead. So I have. Go ahead. We'll we'll talk uh, about them all at once. Go ahead. F- okay. Finish them off. And then the no proxy voting one, which is a part of COVID, they made it to where you could vote remotely. They want people in the house, which I'm all for. You're a representative. You're supposed to be there. I don't want you sitting. There. I don't want you Pete Buddha judging me. <laughs> you know, and being on three months leave, and if I'm if I'm if I'm putting my God given vote on you, you better fucking be there and showing up. Um, the single subject one where like bills had to be more like single subject lines and not like a bill that's like for funding like water treatment plants. But on top of that, they're going to add some oil drilling to it and then a bunch of earmarks to make it to where the bill is just this massive thing that no one's even read. And then the term limits one that you mentioned, that's not, the term limits thing wasn't for just like their uh for like their terms for the, being like a representative that was for to be on committees. Right. I yeah, I didn't I didn't expound on I'm that. I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like you can, it just gives, it just keeps people like, you know what I mean? Like you have, if you have eight people on a committee and it's the same people for eight years or however long, there's no turn limits in house of rap. So for 20 years, there's no one with fresh eyes looking in on it to where like, if you have people cycling out, it's going to constantly keep fresh blood, fresh ideas, stuff moving. So I'm all for it. I'm all for term limits on everything essentially. Except maybe, and now this is weird, and it almost may say counterintuitive. The only thing I'm not for term limits on is Supreme Court. I think a job like that takes a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience to do that you don't want fresh faces in there necessarily. You want people with experience that know the Constitution for good or ill. Um, And then the one I really like is the one that's essentially the new church committee. And this, and I have written here that it's from a quote from, I think it's from New York Times, but the subcommittee would be empowered to investigate any federal agency that collects information about Americans, even in cases of an ongoing criminal investigation, a carve out at odds with the Justice Department's longstanding practice of not providing information about ongoing investigations. Because you've heard them stonewall them all the goddamn time when they go in there and then. It was like like with the January 6th thing, Ray Epps. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were asking the FBI about Ray Epps, the guy who was on video saying, we need to storm the Capitol. And it's pretty, everyone, it's, at this point, it's pretty much public knowledge that he was a, a FBI informant. And he's yelling, we need to storm the Capitol. And then the day after he's put on the FBI's most wanted list, and then the next day taken off, and you haven't heard shit about it. And there was no prosecutions, no arrests, no detention detentions or anything about this guy he just disappeared off the radar and then uh yeah that that's how about a a promise to refuse an increase in the debt ceiling in the next federal budget agreement i'm okay with that we need to get that under control man because you know what's going to happen if we don't at least start having that conversation a bunch of old people in our country are going to eventually get shafted for it well, here's the problem I have with that. The the problem I have with the with the debt ceiling one is that eventually it has to I mean, it, here's the thing. Does this go go over into, you know, the next federal budget agreement and the next one and the next one because eventually, you know, inflation will tell you. Just even regular inflation. I'm not talking about, you know, the inflation that uh Conservatives want to lose their shit about Putin, Biden. Putin's price hike. Yeah, yeah, Putin's price hikes. I, I, I'm talking about like regular inflation. Like you're, you're going to have to increase the debt ceiling hey, at, bright some, nice. some, at some point. So I, I just feel like that one's a little bit dubious at, at best. I it just, I, I don't think that one's going to come to fruition. And it was, it's one like it's, it's stipulations like that that make me go. I, I don't know that this was done in good faith. Uh, I don't think I, I, it's as much as I agree with a lot of these, like the 72 hour window for, for members to read in a, a new bill before it's voted on. Dude, that's not going to happen. That There's just no way that's going to happen because it doesn't behoove anyone in Congress to allow everyone to read every bill for 72 hours prior to voting on it. It doesn't behoove Republicans when they're in power, and it doesn't behoove uh, Democrats when they're in power. It's just it just seems performative to me. 
Okay. <laughs> Doesn't it? I guess so. I would like to see it actually come to fruition. And that's the that's the big question mark. Like, is any of this shit actually going to happen? Now, the fact that it's been well documented and demonstrated that Kevin McCarthy is a pretty uh, weak leader at best. Um, he's clearly a guy that is uh, interested in nothing but power, but he's also he's weak at the same time. So. How does that bear out? Does he actually uh, kowtow to the Freedom Caucus in the end? Yeah. No, you're right. And and that's funny you say that because uh, Nancy Mays, a Republican of South Carolina, wrote a letter to her consist- constituents on Monday. I'm looking at a New York Times article. And she goes, some sort of deal was hashed out. Like, and we're talking about how like some of these might not even come to fruition because it was basically like based on handshakes and words and backdoor shady deals. And that's just it. And she goes, some sort of deal was hashed out for the majority of the 20 to vote for McCarthy for speaker. But this deal was crafted in private behind closed doors. Representative Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, wrote in a letter to her constituents on Monday. We can't think of anything more swampy than a member of Congress who tells the American people they're holding up the speaker vote because they're fighting the swamp only to broker some backroom deal hidden away from the American people. That's fair. That's that's actually quite <clears throat> brilliant. I, I dig Yeah, that. yeah, she's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, how much of this is like... Because nothing's in writing, nothing's legal, nothing's like l- punishable under law. Like if McCarthy just goes, yeah, I'm the speaker now, I'm not doing any of that. Right, but they also can they can just go, well, then I vote to remove the speaker. Not if he uh, doesn't actually put that rule into place. He just agreed to do it. He didn't that's actually true. do it. And I that's think that's going to be... That's you, gonna, you think he's going to turn into a George Santos? That's going to be the giveaway. Like, that's going to be the giveaway. If, if Kevin McCarthy actually puts that rule in place, where... Well, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't, though, because, like I said, up until Pelosi, that was always the rule. You still need the majority of the House to vote it down. Because all he cares about is power, Corey. Like, why... why if, if all you care about is power, why in the fuck would you implement a rule that subverts your power because that's what exactly what that's going to do so if he actually does that like that's the kind of it's it's weird like that's that's the one that kind of makes the rest of the dominoes fall if that actually becomes a rule in the house where anybody can just raise their hand and say i want a, a vote to remove the speaker um then I actually have some confidence that the rest of these concessions will actually come to fruition. That's that's going to be the benchmark for me. That's true, yeah. I just want to see the ones that I mentioned. I, I could really give two shits about the proxy voting. Well, then you need that it one. It makes sense. Because if you don't get that one, you ain't getting any of the rest of them. Right. Yeah, that one, but like in the bills, the 72-hour one, I want, and I want that 2023 church committee style fucking take it down the alphabet agencies oh and then there was another one the Holman law or the Holman rule now the Holman rule is is a rule in the United States House of Representatives that allows amendments to to appropriations legislation that would reduce the salary of fire specific federal employees or cut a specific program and the rule was first enacted in 1876 and then rescinded in 1983 
but then it was brought back in in like 2015 under uh homeboy what's his face ryan uh fuck who was the guy paul ryan yeah well that would have been 2017 it was the one yeah because they wait they had the house under obama in the last four years right or the last two years of obama's uh you're right you're right you're right you're right yep 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 yeah 2015 makes sense the 115th congress and uh and then it was rescinded under Pelosi, which I'm also. I like the idea that it creates a little bit of accountability, like transparency, because what you're going to see is people pulling up just random shit, even if it doesn't go to anything. It's at least going to be discussed. And that means it's going to be on C-SPAN. And that means that it's going to be distributed to the masses that they talked about something that if it's anything that's like makes your ears perk up, it's going to we're going to see it. Yeah, I so the one I love is more single subjects bills to allow members to vote on yes. specific narrow issues. Yes, yes, yes. That is massive. That's massive. And and here's the thing. It's one of those things where it's like as much as I can't stand the people in the Freedom Caucus. It's like I don't really care who makes the good thing happen. I don't care if it's the assholes. I don't care if it's the bad people. If bad people make a good thing happen, I'm all for it. And like to me, that's number one. Because when I turn on C-SPAN, which, to be honest, I don't do very often because it's nightmare to watch. You know, they, they, they so they're trying to push. So if you remember, like, they, they got special access. C-SPAN is usually one camera in the back of the room facing the whole house in the chambers. And it's got the yay or like nay uh, right. thing up on the, so the corners. They got special access during the house speakership where people are actually able to walk around with cameras in the room. Mm-hmm. And you got to see a lot of crazy shit that you wouldn't have normally seen. And I'm hoping now the negative aspect of this would possibly be turning our house into a, a reality, reality show. show. Yeah. Right. But to see reactions on people's faces, the th- people saying things and different things like that. I think that would be more transparent for the people. Yeah. And, but like th- when it comes to the single, single issue bills, like I would love, like if I turned on C-SPAN one day and, you know, Kevin McCarthy's up there going, uh, we're bringing this bill to the floor and here's what's in it. And it's like a page long and that's it. And then they just vote. Like, it's oh, you're so, talking about the single issue thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I went off on a tangent about the cameras, but yeah, no, I love fine. the single issue vote idea. And it's it's so it's so interesting because it almost feels like it would be more, uh, it would be more effective and quicker to just do it that way rather than writing these fucking five thousand page bills that nobody has time to read, even within a seventy two hour window. Corey, when's the last time you read five thousand pages inside of seventy two hours? Nobody does that every single day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have time to do yeah, no, else. and you're absolutely right because then it just it gets rid of the bullshit because people will be sitting there and you add all these earmarks to a bill. And you put people over a barrel to where, let's say, someone that lives in, let's say, a representative from Michigan who wants to do something to strengthen the, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, well, right? And what's interesting, And Corey, is- that's put into the bill, but then on top of that is also a, a part of the bill to fund some crazy the- like 
theology type bill on the other side of the country is put into it with it. Well, fuck, they still have to vote for it because of the fact that they promised their constituents that they're going to vote for the GLRI bill. Well, and to that point, Corey, a lot of what we hear about what goes on politically inside Congress is like this, like, back and forth battle of like are you going to get you know in, on the democratic side are you going to be able to get joe manchin to vote for this bill or kirsten cinema to vote for this bill uh on the on the republicans it's all over the place but like you could still negotiate those deals inside of congress where it's like i have this bill this little bill that you know says that um Right, it just makes them do more work. Like, hey, I'll vote for your single issue bill if you vote, if you for, vote mine. for my single issue bill. Yeah, it's a, you can still make those negotiations inside of Congress without all of the f- the, the 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 inside bullshit of you know hiding these stupid little things in these bills that nobody ever has a chance to read. Right. I mean, I understand why they want it that way. You know, it makes it a lot easier to get what you want, but it's like. The American people know yeah, all it makes this it shit more now. convenient like, for the house. It gives the, them less work. The, but the American people know that they're pulling this bullshit. Everybody knows this now to the point where it's gotten to the point where nobody votes. We talk about this a lot. Nobody votes for candidates anymore. They vote against candidates. Like if you if you have single issue bills, it's going to be better for everyone. Even even from the, the the negotiation perspective, it'll be public knowledge. It'll come out that you know. Uh, Kirsten Cinema agreed to vote for AOC's XYZ bill if AOC votes for Kirsten Cinema's uh, ABCD bill. Right. And it'll all be in the public, easy to interpret, uh, but they don't want it that way. We want it that way, but they don't want it that way. Right. Um, I forget where I was going to go next. Did we get to all the concessions? All the ones that I wanted. Yeah, all the ones that all the ones that matter. And look, it, it, so to close it out, I have no faith that any of these concessions are actually going to come to fruition. Um, simply because of the way we already know Congress operates. If they do, I'll be happy about it. Even though it was put forth by the people that I don't like. And I think that's what makes our show, our way of thought different than so many other people. I don't care if the bad people do a good thing. Space Club just, just said for good equals cut healthcare and social security. No, so we're not, so, so Space, you might have just popped in. We're not talking about the shit that the Republicans are going to be putting in, which is going to be a lot of bullshit. I agree with you. What they're going to be putting in as bills into play right now. We're talking about the concessions that the freedom caucus used as a holdout to get them into, uh, to get McCarthy into power. And like one thing, like, and like you have to listen to the episode on a podcast found on the absurd of show.com and all your favorite podcast platforms. To hear what we were just talking about, but yeah, no, like we are a healthcare and social security. It's ridiculous that they constantly want to cut that shit and not bombing innocent kids in the Middle East. Yeah, so at the end of the day, like many of the concessions are good. I dig them. I don't like the people that put them forward, but again, 
I don't care if bad people do good things. So if Marjorie Taylor, if Marjorie Taylor, <laughs> if Marjorie Taylor Green stumbles into doing something good, fine. Um, I think that's what makes us different. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to talk shit. mad shit about the person, but then at the same time, be like, oh well, they might be onto something this time. I'm not going to shit on the uh, the, uh, the 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 outcome just because the principles and the reasons behind them. Maybe yeah, don't let the messenger destroy the message. Paid. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So we'll see. I, I mean, I have I have no faith that these concessions are actually going to come to fruition. I hope most of them do. Um, God, I want another church committee. And I'll give the Freedom Caucus. I was credit. reading this article uh, on Washington Examiner, and this guy Mark Polymeropoulos, he, he during a twenty six career twenty six year career in the, at the CIA is freaking out that they want to make another church committee. And he ends this article of him. He, he's all talking about like, oh, well, you know, the CIA and the FBI, like we're always questioned by the the Congressional Oversight so b- Committee. Before, we're bef- always doing that for them. Before you go ahead, um, let's just mention that the church committee was a committee from 1975 that um, allowed a, what was it, a congressional committee to investigate intelligence agencies? Yeah. So okay, so go ahead. They investigated uh, intelligence agencies to where it happened so long ago at this point that like if you start to mention some of the shit that came to light at that time, it sounds like straight foil, straight up tinfoil hat conspiracies. Like MK Ultra, do you know what MK Ultra is? Yeah, that was the uh, LSD thing, right? With well, yeah, you know, not just that. Like it was the CIA investigating or like uh, researching fucking mind control. Using LSD, right? I knew LSD and was pro- part of it. LSD, <laughs> propaganda, you know, reinforcement tactics and different things like that. Like, you ever seen a Clockwork Orange? It sounds, it does. It sounds absolutely oh, fucking Oh, God. Insane. A Clockwork Orange is, but this is the most overrated what? movie of all time, but we'll talk about that later. Project Mocking, was it Mockingbird or Mockingjay? I think it's Mockingbird. Mockingjay is the Hunger Games. Is the hungry? Yes, yeah, so I think it's Project Mockingbird. So where that's where the CIA infiltrated our free press and put CIA operatives into the news to help spread propaganda. Um, what else was there? Like straight up, you know, like stuff that we found out through the Edward Snowden leaks, through WikiLeaks, of like the NSA just straight, uh, un like circumventing the Fourth Amendment. And surveilling American citizens. We find like we had to find out through leaks and whistleblowers for this stuff where the church committee in the 1972 or 73, they opened the books and they brought all this stuff to light. And it's been, so now it's been almost 50 years. Um, I think it's time to do that again. Yeah. And- but the CIA off the CIA guy is like freaking out. He's like, Oh my God. It's, and then you so he's just ranting about how this isn't a, a good idea or whatever. A highly distracted FBI and intelligence community cannot do their jobs, which is to protect the people what against threats from Russia, distracted? China, Iran, and terrorism. What makes you highly distracted? The fact that you have to be held accountable? <laughs> the fact that they have to answer questions. Is that a distraction? Right. <laughs> um, he ends his fucking bullshit article with this right here. Moral courage is required to make sure this charade doesn't get dangerous. 
I'm all for congressional oversight. The existing intelligence oversight committees do that effectively, but a new church committee is not the answer. But based on that quote that I just mentioned earlier, here's the thing. In an active investigation by either the CIA or the FBI, right now they can stonewall the Congressional Oversight Committee by going, well, we can't talk about that. That's currently being investigated. To where if there was an actual committee looking over this, they go, no, fuck your investigation. Give me this information right now. Make sure it doesn't get dangerous. I think I think whatever the new church committee, the new church committee's logo should be Darkwing Duck. Remember Darkwing, Darkwing Duck? Duck. Remember, his, remember his catchphrase? <laughs> yeah, from DuckTales. Remember, no, remember his catchphrase? What was it? Let's get dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a stupid joke. I think the last thing that's though, a great joke, Dan. Don't uh, say yourself short. That we mentioned at the, the 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 bottom of the lower third there, which is that the squad should pay attention to what's taking place here because this is what for- yeah because this is what what the Freedom Caucus did at the end of the day is what forced the vote should have been. You're right. what did the you know, like do? I wish the squad, the squad cucked out to had Nancy the cojones to stand up to the establishment like these doofuses did. And, they and were, I'll leave it at that. And they were doofuses. <laughs> a bunch of doofuses. And meanwhile, at the end of the day, all you needed to do. And the, the thing about force the vote was that it was a one subject thing. Let's have a vote on Medicare for all. Just one. They had, it was a one subject issue. And they still... They still bent over and let Nancy Pelosi shove her big nipple up their asses. That is what the squad did. And that's why even if you're a Democrat or a li- you should be pissed at the squad because they didn't do their job. Right. They came, to force they came in talking about. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of this stuff Ilhan Omar was actually for. She was. And she's yeah, turning out to right. be like the star of the squad. It's amazing how that. T- well, it's because AOC's gotten herself a little bit of trouble, <laughs> right? Yeah, like you remember, like there, there was Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, uh, AOC, and then there was another one. I don't even know who it was. I, I mean, it's expanded a little bit. Like I think Corey Bush is involved in that now. Um, like Ilhan Omar yeah. was against uh, all this doxing when people were talking about it. Was it, what that had to do with the Hunter Biden thing? Someone released information and someone doxed them, and then she was like, "This is wrong." She was the really one to speak out about that. Ilhan Omar to me is actually turning out to be a decent rep. Yeah, you'll never. She has faults. Yeah, you'll she has never, faults. They all have faults. You'll never. Get but it. in the words of uh, the wise Dan Griffin, uh, bad people doing good things is sometimes okay. Yeah, I mean, good things are good. <laughs> this right. Is a stu- Objectively, a stupid thing to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good things are good. Yeah, I don't know who's in. Uh, Ready to move on to the next topic? Yeah. So, um, shit. What did we have? I don't even remember what we had. Oh, Biden's immigration. Biden's stance on immigration is changing, which means Republicans like immigrants now, or something like that. Or at least that should be the case, right? Because you're supposed to hate right. everything that the other side does. So, if, if Biden's shitting on immigrants now, it's time for Republicans to get on board and welcome them all into the country. No, actually, that's not what he's doing though with his new. I know he's plan. he's he's being selective. He's being he's being <laughs> Trump. <laughs> he's being very, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. You remember the the what was it? The flight bans from Islamic countries because of COVID. Yeah, yeah now it's China. Through he and called now- it the China vi- virus that was racist. Biden bans 
people from China coming to America unless they can prove they have a negative test and it's just not talked about. So President Biden uh, is essentially banning the travel of were the countries uh, migrants from Cuba. Was it Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua and Venezuela? Yeah, and he's going to allow 30,000 people a month in if they go through all of the right channels, whatever the hell that means. Nobody actually knows what that means yet, I don't think. Uh, yeah, Space Bob said no Republicans like free immigrant slave labor. They do. And they also are really happy that the the Hispanic vote is turning more Republican. So like they're like, yeah, let them in. They'll vote for us now. I mean, that who knows? That could change next week. <laughs> We've seen how this stuff goes. Who is that? Yeah. Who is that broad that uh, that uh, rep uh, that won the the special election at the at the Texas border? She was an immigrant. She was a Republican, and she got her ass kicked in 2022 when she had to go for re-election. That didn't last very long. Uh, I can't remember. Her I forget name. her name, but I know who you're My, talking Myra about. Flores. Myra Flores. Uh, that 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 was her. So yeah. So Biden is uh, essentially cracking down at the border, uh, which. We could have guessed because the Uniparty just at some point eventually just does that. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you don't want new immigrants, uh, especially broke, poor uh, ones that can be a quote unquote burden on society. Uh, you don't want them in the country if you're any sort of politician. Is that, did, I, did, I, did I fill that in essentially correctly, Corey? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it depends on where they're coming from. Republicans love the Cubans. Democrats because they're love leaving a con- but they're all, all the le- they're ones. all leaving socialist or communist nations. Right. They're all literally being raped and beat the shit out to the point where they have nowhere else to go, so they travel to the desert for 2000 miles to come here for a better opportunity. So, uh Biden, this is uh where is this from? Yahoo News. And that wasn't just hyperbole, like that's really <laughs> Really, why they're coming? The here. problem no is one... that Biden is is cherry picking who gets the quote unquote welcome mat. This comes from Yahoo News. Uh, under the new policies, the U.S. will expel people from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venez- and Venezuela back to Mexico under Title Forty Two. How interesting! Uh, but well, it will- to be fair, Biden did want to try to get rid of Title Forty Two, but now he's expanding its use. But now he's expanding its use. Yes. Uh, but I also think that like a lot of times I feel like this is like kind of like a uh, just an opinion, I guess. I feel like a lot of times politicians will just throw shit at the wall n- knowing that it's not going to stick and they'll just throw out a policy or something knowing that it's going to fail in the court anyways. So they can just go, yeah, well, I tried. And I feel like that's what happened with Title 42 no, because it is that. an easy way. It's because it's it's an old law. It's from like 1911, and it, it's to do with communicable diseases. And it's just an easy way to just deal with the border crisis. Uh, but Biden's new policy will grant humanitarian parole to 30,000 people per month from those countries as long as they apply through mechanisms set by the administration, which nobody knows what they are yet. Uh, the change doesn't allow asylum claims at the border without first going through the parole program. Title 42, as we all know, is a policy created under the guise of protecting public health during a pandemic, a practice Biden as a presidential candidate had promised to end just because it was a Trump policy. Let's make no bones about it. That's why. 
Uh, instead, well, it wasn't necessarily a Trump policy. Like I said, it was instituted like 1911. Yeah, but he it was just used it. But how does the American public interpret Title 42? No, oh, Trump. Exactly. Uh, so the administration Fair. is circumventing immigration law, which will be uh, which will exacerbate chaos and confusion at the southern border. Uh, and that is a quote from Democratic Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey. So listen, I don't ever take credence into a Republican or a Democrat stance on it, on mm-hmm. immigration because at the end of the day. At the end of the day, they end up being essentially the same at some point. And that's what we're saying. So that about 29,950 be rejected. I hope not. Me and Dan aren't uh, like anti-immigration or anything like that. I My personal belief is we need fucking more immigration lawyers and more immigration judges to get these people here, Ellis Isle style, more Ellis Island style, Corey. and get them here to fucking pay their taxes and get jobs and not have to hide in corners and take low-ass wage jobs that are going to lower the wages of other workers because it's... What did you just say? What do what do the the numbers currently tell us right now? Okay. Unemployment is remarkably low right now here today. All you're seeing is business, whether it's a small business or it's a large corporation, everyone is looking for workers. What does that tell you? If if that doesn't tell you something that you and I, I think, have known for since we've been alive, we need more immigrants, not less of them. Right. The problem that we have is that we do not have a system in place to get immigrants into this country in a in an orderly fashion that gets them into the system and paying taxes like the rest of us. Now, taxes we can have another conversation about, but on equal footing with us. Because the the the, the whole trope that conservatives liked to bring up, you know, in the Obama years, they're taking our jobs away. It's gone. That doesn't exist anymore. No. Unemployment is low and employers are dying. For help, I hate that fucking trope so bad. They're dying for help. What's the best way to do that? Because you guess what? You can't make more babies, as the conservatives like to say. We just need to make more babies so that we can have more people that have good paying jobs. You're not. If you make a baby tomorrow, it's still going to take that fucking baby eighteen years to be of working age to any reasonable degree. So the only way to fix this problem in the short term is to allow more fucking immigrants into our system yeah then so the reason why america doesn't face the same type of issues like japan or china or russia or all these other countries that have aging populations the reason why we don't face those type i mean we do have an aging population you know social security is going to be an issue you know in as as we continue oh you and i aren't getting any you and i aren't getting any just right be prepared for that but uh (laughs) but um the issue, like the real, what circumvents that in America, that it's not like a dire issue like it is in other places, is immigration. People want to come here because all of our, even though we, our country has a lot of faults, we're not perfect. No country is. We are still better than most. And people want to come here and we should absolutely accept them. What well, is it like? It's... If either that or we remove the plaque from the fucking, uh, What's it called? Statue of Liberty. Well, that's that's the other thing too, Corey. It's like everybody talks about like we we ship too many things to China or like we ship any, too many things from China. We ship too many business too too much business to China. We need to bring more manufacturing back home. Who's going to work those jobs? 
Because right. I'm with you. Like, let's bring more manufacturing back home. I'm 100% for that. But who's going to work those jobs? Is it going to be Is it going to be Americans that are already employed at no, decent jobs? No, it's not. Not those immigrants. I want I want my blonde-haired, blue-eyed, three-year-old boy working in the factories. I just can't believe that immigration is still this unfixable issue for the Uniparty. Because for me, because everybody goes, you know what? I almost feel like that's by design, already, I can already hear, I can already hear certain factions of conservatives hearing what I just said and going, so you're for open borders. Dan, you're for open borders. Not at all. I'm not for open borders. I am for having resources to where immigrants can come in. We quickly vet them. We go, okay, you haven't murdered anyone. You haven't raped any children. Okay, come on in, get processed, pay some fucking taxes and go work these manufacturing jobs that every conservative in the world is so concerned that we bring back to America. Right. And and that's the thing, too, is like a lot of this stuff that's happening right now was because of Trump's you know policies. He was literally syphious, just pushing the fucking big boulder up the hill. You know, that as soon as he let go, it came back down and they'd push it back up and then they let it go and come back down. If you take 30,000 immigrants and there's 30,000 coming constantly and you keep ejecting them a hundred miles, a thousand miles out of the country another way, they're going to keep just walking back. I keep hitting this goddamn microphone because it's in a different spot. You got to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. And, And it just, they keep, just pushing them back and then they walk forward and then they push them back and then they walk forward. And then it's like pushing a snowball back and forth. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, it's like, there's a reason they want to come here. Space club making space, space plum made another pretty good point. He was people will work these jobs, just not for shitty wages. And he's right. I don't know, but I don't know if he means, I don't know if he means Americans or if he's talking about immigrants, probably both. It's regular supply and demand. Like it's regular just economics. Like But th- that's the thing is like people jobs- value their time. You have to you have to if people, you know, I mean Americans, especially in America where we are a country that is very fortunate, we value our time. Our time that we value has to be compensated monetarily to a proportionate degree for us to offset that time we would spend doing other things. Well, and and the wages debate can be settled once you have the jobs filled, right? So it's like (laughs) we're in a situation where we're trying to determine, you know, wages versus uh, productivity, especially when it comes to manufacturing and especially when it comes to uh, new manufacturing jobs that hopefully are coming back from China. Ultimately, those jobs have to be filled. They're coming. There's like 130 percent increase in manufacturing and we have incredibly as, as much as people want to shit on biden he is 100 percent right unemployment is remarkably low uh and it's it's and yet you still have companies dying for workers i mean how many help wanted signs just just walking around yeah. here in metro in, Detroit. In how many what how you many, could consider a recession yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, even fucking Kroger stores here, nineteen ninety five an hour to work just a fucking stock boy job, you know, like that was not even possible even three four years ago. That job was paying twelve forty an hour. 
Yeah. They've had to raise their wages. So it's you you so I get I get Space Plum's point. Like you have to have a balance between uh a fair wage and having enough workers, but I still think we're at the point right now where you uh you 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 gotta fill the jobs first. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I actually have a fact sheet from the White House uh, website regarding all of the different things with the new immigration policy. Um, I'll just read the bullet points. I'm not going to read all the subprint, but uh, it wants to in- increase the use of expedited. Actually, yeah. Increasing the use of expedited removal. Corey, before you start, is it going to take you a minute? It might. Why? Because I got to piss, piss like a racehorse, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be back in three minutes. Damn Long Island I see. <laughs> Go for it. I'll be listening. <laughs> so the new the new uh the new policies that the Biden administration is putting in is impose new consequences for individuals who attempt to enter unlawfully. And it's to facilitate the return to the processing of all non citizens under Title Eight authorities when Title Twenty Forty Two eventually lifts. Basically what the consequences are is if you get busted coming into the country illegally you lose your chance of any sort of asylum seeking um he wants to increase the use of expedited removal which is effective immediately individuals who attempt to enter the united states without permission do not have legal basis to remain and cannot be expelled pursuant to title 42 will be increasingly subject to expedited removal to their country of origin and subject to a five-year ban on re-entry He's announcing new measures to encourage individuals to seek orderly and lawful pathways to migration. The DHS and the Department of Justice today are announcing their intent to propose a new regulation that would encourage individuals to seek orderly and lawful pathways to migration and reduce overcrowding along the southwest border and the strain on the immigration system. He wants to expand legal pathways for safe, orderly, and humane migration. And the Biden-Harris administration and Senate International partners in the region are also announcing new and expanded legal pathways to the United States and other countries that individuals can and should use to avoid consequences for crossing the border unlawfully. These include expanding the parole process for Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Haitians, and Cubans. Um, they're also going to tripling the refugee resettlement from the Western Hemisphere. And that, which that means is the Biden-Harris administration intends to welcome the 20,000 refugees from Latin America and Caribbean countries during the fiscal years 2023 and 2024, putting the United States on pace to more than triple refugee emissions from the Western Hemisphere this fiscal year alone. This delivers on the president's commitment to, under the Los Angeles Declaration for Migration and Protection to scale up refugee emissions from the Western Hemisphere. He's launching online appointment portal to reduce overcrowding and wait times at the U.S. ports of entry. So now this one just fucking makes so much sense. These people that are in these other countries that are sitting there watching their little uh, towns and stuff just get decimated by the corruption of these cartels that was basically being funded by our bullshit prohibition war on drugs. They are able to now apply online to get the port into a portal to get their... Uh, asylum uh, applications going quicker. And so what it says is when the Title 42 eventually lifts, non-citizens located in central and northern Mexico seeking to enter the United States lawfully through the U.S. port of entry have access to the CBP-1 mobile application for scheduling an appointment to present themselves for inspection and to initiate a a protection claim instead of coming directly to the port of entry to wait. 
this new feature will significantly reduce wait times and crowds at the U.S. ports of entry and allow for safe, orderly, and humane processing. So I guess what I would say to that is I, I like the the approach, ultimately, but I guess what, shit. yeah, I, I guess what I'd say is, is is government does a really federal government in particular does a really bad job of mm, setting up these processes in a way that gets everything expedited quickly. That is where I don't think this is going to work. You don't think it's going to work? I don't think it's going to work because I think it's going to be a log jam. I mean, look what fucking happened with Obamacare when it first launched. True, but that was 13 years ago. And the other example I have of that is the uh, when the website came up for student loan forgiveness. It didn't have a log jam. The well, that's were in because place. you're not actually getting your student loan forgiveness, Corey. <laughs> right, but like what, but before it was blocked up. in the Supreme Court, the website saw like millions of people hopping on to try to get it taken care of, and it didn't get it didn't just equivalent to a DOS attack or DDoS attack, and just have denial of service errors on the website. Like they they had a infrastructure set in place for it to work. Versus the healthcare website. All right, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're we're it's yeah. I mean that's that was fuck man. When did that first? When did Obamacare first come into play? Like 2011, guess, 2012. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember something like that. Yeah, it's just way too long ago to care. We didn't have Facebook. Actually, I think we did have Facebook apps. We did then, have Facebook but apps. Yeah, did Facebook have an app in 2012? I would imagine so. Jimmy, look that shit up. The first, no, the, the first, the, the, own Jimmy. The, first, the first iPhone launched in 2007. So, yes, I have to. Yeah, definitely did. New legal pathways to other countries across the region. Countries across the Western Hemisphere are living on their commitments under the Los Angeles Declaration to expand legal immigration pathways. Colombia, Ecuador, Costa Rica, and Belize are each implementing new regularization or temporary protection policies to provide legal status to hundreds of thousands of immigrants. Canada, Mexico, and Spain have expanded refugee resettlement and temporary work opportunities. Mexico and Guatemala have also significantly grown their asylum system. Individuals are encouraged to avail themselves to this wide range of legal pathways in the region and avoid the dangerous consequences of irregular migration. Increasing humanitarian assistance in Mexico and Central America and the United States has announced that they nearly $23 million in additional humanitarian assistance in Mexico and Central America. This new assistance will help governments in the region respond to the increased humanitarian and protection needs of migrants, refugees, and other vulnerable populations in their care. Recognizing that no one, no one country can respond to these needs alone, this assistance will help support shelter, health, legal assistance, mental health, and Psychosocial support, water, sanitation, hygiene products, gender-based violence response, livelihoods, and protection-related activities, and capacity building for partners. Which also makes sense. If we're giving these countries money to help them have lawyers and stuff put in place to just get them the fuck out of their country into ours, it sounds like a good idea. So I'm get what I'm gathering is that... Conservatives They're working are, on conservatives what are still going to be shitting what we're talking on, about. Conservatives are still going to be shitting on any dem- democratic stance on a, on immigration once they find because inflation. Hashtag <laughs> 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 inflation. They're taking our jobs. 
goddamn. <laughs> anyway, goddamn no, 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 people. Like, you've, uh, you've, you've, you've changed my opinion of this a little bit. Again, I'm cynical, so how much of this right. is actually... Right, and I happen? get it. Like I, like, I just went right to, like, now, of course, this is from the whitehouse.gov. So it's painting a rosy picture based on what the White House wants you to see it. But if these are, like, I, I would hope that whitehouse.gov is a credible <laughs> news source. And if these are the things that they're actually trying to actually implement in good faith, then it looks like we're on to the right track for something. Yeah, I'm going to be... Uh... I'm going to be a believe it, I'll believe it when I see it <laughs> kind of guy. Remember, kids in cages, Corey. It was bad when Trump did it, but it was okay when Biden did it. So here we are. They're going to take thousands of smugglers off the streets and counter smuggling misinformation. They're mobilizing record resources for safe, orderly, and humane processing of migrants. Expanding coordination with the support for border cities, receiving communities, and non-governmental organizations. That's the last one. But I mean, on paper, this stuff sounds pretty decent. On paper. Everything sounds great on paper, Corey. Communism sounds great on paper. Fascism sounds great on paper. In practice, not so much. So I guess we'll see how this goes. You know, like ultimately, I just hope it leads to more immigration lawyers and more immigration judges, man. I just hope, you know, I hope it amounts to more immigrants coming legally faster and you know, easier. That's, that's what we need. Right. We need more immigrants. And like, and that's the thing too, is like when we talk about legally, immediately people think like, Oh, well, you just don't want people covered here. And it's like, no, not necessarily. No, I, I, I want them to come want, legally, but I want the process to be faster. And I want, I want people to be able to, to come easier. here and not get a cash job, getting paid half of what minimum wage is. And then having to literally run down alleyways to avoid any cop car they see because they think they might get deported. Yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, drugs and crime thing, like, of course. It, yeah, maybe if we stopped this ridiculous war on drugs, it would kneecap the cartels making all this money on the war on drugs, which would put a chink in their armor to make it to where they can't corrupt local governments to the point that people feel like they have no choice but to leave. Mm. Would call me crazy. Amazing. Amazing. They're taking our jabs. What is that sound? They're, they're took our jabs. Dude, I fucking hate that trope. That's bad. I hate it's, that. It's you, you know why? Who's because like, no, like, how, no. how many people? It's like I would ask anybody, right? How many people do you do you know that lost their job to an illegal immigrant? And nobody's ever been able to say my even brother if, lost his job to an illegal immigrant. Even if even if it happened, let's say it does, right? Yeah. Let's say that people are losing their jobs to illegal immigrants. You know. No illegal immigrant is walking into your workplace and going, adios, you know, get out of here. You know, I'm taking your job now. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And then everyone's just like, well, I guess we got to. I guess that's it. He's an illegal immigrant. You know, no, the boss of that company making a shit ton of money is coming up to you and going, ah, you know, we just can't afford to pay you. And then kicking you out and then hiring someone in on a cash job for half the wage. And it's then, people but, in our own country. Then, but then, Corey, it goes up even higher than that. Like, like think about like a medium or small sized business who's trying to pinch every penny because they're being raped by the federal government because of the tax code. It goes all the way up the chain. 
So they feel like they have to do that to save a few pennies. They got to get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just spitballing here. But it, it at some point it goes all the way, all the way up the chain. Uh, I don't know how much more we can get to Corey because we're 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 pretty deep in here. But I think we we definitely have to get to the Biden files. Really, that's the one you want to? No, go for? no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Fuck the Biden files. Uh, we're gonna do the FTC. Yeah, this Speaking is exciting. Workers, this is good for workers. Right. This is good news. You're right. The Biden, the Biden files. The Biden just, files. <laughs> in a crazy twist, another president had a bunch of fucking top secret documents in you a know place what, you where know what, he we forgot. Actually, you know what? We can't. We can do that real quick. We can cover this in less than five minutes. So apparently, there were some classified documents that were uncovered uh, from when Biden was uh, was vice president. You want me? You yeah. want me? To, you want me to like? sum this up in a nutshell. Yeah, give me the cliff notes. Dave. Doesn't fucking matter. This is what we said when the classified documents were discovered at Mar-a-Lago for Trump. It's just nothing burger. This is the same fucking thing. Classi- the word classified is almost utterly meaningless when it comes to government documents. Right. And what it shows me is that when you leave a job, like you've left a job before, Corey, right? You take your stuff and you leave. You clear the papers out of your desk and you put them in a box and you go home and you never fucking look at them again. That is what happened in both instances, in my opinion. So You sound like I, a, CNN, a CNN fucking news head right now, Dan. Why? Because that's how they try to brush off the Biden thing. Well, yeah, but, but I, fe- when I Trump, feel but, I feel- when, but when Trump did it, it was the end of the world. I was going to say, but that's I felt the same way about Trump. I didn't care. Right. I didn't care well, about Yeah, I know. I'm just giving you shit. But yeah, no, you and I both are like, oh, fuck, whatever. This is what happens when but, you leave a job. Bye. Right. Don't care. All right. Anyway. We had the same, we had the same uh, attitude towards it when it was Trump, too. FTC, considering a ban... On non-compete clauses. I've looked into this a bit, but Corey's probably got in front of him somewhere. I, I don't. Hiccups. Actually, I almost, I just had a little bit of a hiccups earlier too. I slammed this champagne of beers because I poured another one and I was like, oh fuck, I got to finish this thing. Why well, have the Axios piece in front of me here? Uh, so the FTC laid out a plan, uh, laid out its new plan in a whopping 216 page document arguing that a, that, eh, that a tool created to retain top talent has evolved into an abusive mechanism that covers around one in five American workers, including some that earn minimum wage, which yeah. is the I have a non-compete cause. Non-compete my cause. Job. Uh, I have one as well. And like when you look at this, so immediately I looked at this and I went, what would a libertarian think? How does a libertarian look at a non-compete clause? And I got uh, really- a libertarian or a conservative who portrays himself as libertarian or a true free market libertarian. A true free market libertarian. Or a Mises cost is just sharing pictures of uh, sports athletes collapsing. Kids having heart attacks. Yeah. Uh, how would a true free market libertarian look at a non-compete clause? How would Spike Cohen look at a non-compete? He probably looks at it like, why the fuck was that put in place in the first place? But like that's the thing about libertarianism. Like you look at it and you go, "Well, it's a free market, so a company can put it in their contract if they want to, and if you Isn't sign that, it." That's what's fucked. so crazy about libertarians is like you would hear one libertarian say that, and this is why they never win anything. This is why they don't win <laughs> they because then the next other. the next libertarian would go, 
It's a free market. The worker should be able to leave one job to get another one without government intervention. But that worker never should have signed that contract that the f- other free market capitalists put, <laughs> put, put in. He put wasn't forced to sign contract. that contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You know, funny story, actually. I was actually sued over a non-complete cause. Non-compete clause. Back like 10 years ago or so. And, uh... I'm going to have to disagree space plum with that one. And I'll get back to you on that because you're talking about the pandering ones. And then you're talking about real libertarians and there's a lot of good fundamental. uh, Well, there's, there's a lot of, uh, let me just speak to this for a second. There's a lot of infighting within libertarianism, which is the way all politics should work, but it's also the reason why libertarians never lose or never win. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like it's, they all try to out libertarian each other. And that's why it's such a, it's a, it's not a viable third party, but they have good aspects. Well, that's why there's like, for example, there's there's big L libertarians who are within the party and there's small L libertarians. Like I think you and I are where at the same, yeah, to an aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm pretty fundamentally libertarian that the government should be least involved in everyone's life. Small L. Yeah. I don't consider myself a libertarian. But there's aspects of libertarianism that what even no that's uh, he's saying there are no good aspects. <laughs> All right, well we just have to agree to disagree. Yeah, you know, yeah, less government. You know, libertarian like small government sticking to the constitution that has afforded the rights of everyone in this country. You could go back and say, well, it was written by slave owners and white people, sure, but. Those people, with all of their faults, who wrote the Constitution, even if they owned slaves, that very article they wrote is the document that was used to afford the rights to everyone in this country today. So, libertarianism limits the powers of government, and that's the that's the good part of it. That's- yeah, and we live in a country who has a document who is de- that is designed. To limit the powers of government. Small L libertarianism. We're, ta- we're not talking about the party. It's very different. The party's got its own fucking problems. No, and like, yeah, so that's what we're talking about right now. He says, less government, you really believe that, not going to happen under libertarians. Big L's, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but small L. The little different. L, the fundamentals of what they claim to stand for, there's a lot, a lot of good aspects to it. And it's going to kind of knock us off track. And that's another 30 minute conversation. Yeah. So the, but the libertarian, what we can do, what we can do, maybe uh, have an episode soon where we talk about the positive and negative aspects of every party. That might actually be a pretty good topic. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, the, liber- the libertarian thought on the, uh, the FTC considering banning uh, non-compete clauses. Oh yeah, yeah, because it would be. That's the, that that the exact argument we just had would be the argument between libertarians, because <laughs> libertarians, libertarians like they when that's one thing that pisses me off about libertarians is they talk about the free market, but their idea of free market always slides in the direction of like the corporations. Like libertarians at a hundred percent probably have been on board for Citizens United. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> You know, and and it's it is it's 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 frustrating, but there are so many aspects to the idea of it. Like, like when you look at like Spike Cohen, like, oh, NSA is bad. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. You know, they're not following the Fourth Amendment that protects you and I from just government surveillance unfettered. 
But anyways, back to this. Uh, the non-compete clause thing. It is a great boost for the American worker because they can gain experience in one job. And if another job in the same sector industry is offering them to do the same exact thing for more money, they can go and do it. Whereas now, now in our country, if you do know a little bit about the law and I've never passed the bar, I'm not in any legal scholarship. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but we got Google, uh, Google, Google, Google it. Um, they they usually don't hold up in court. It's hogwash. But if people don't know that, they can be scared into staying in a job that's paying them less money versus making more money for themselves to get find a job in a different sector. Well, and that should be that should be to me at least the small l libertarian argument should be that uh, anybody because part of their uh, the fundamental free market free market libertarian philosophy is that the free market isn't just capital it's also labor right right so like uh, under 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 uh, of small l libertarian philosophy you know if you're that's why they don't believe in, in minimum wage right like if you're forced to pay somebody a $15 minimum wage that's yeah, only government worth, intervention yeah that's only worth six dollars an hour well that doesn't work um but i look at i look at this and i go um if you're going to look at it from a small libertarian perspective yeah i should be able to be if i have a sales job at company a and company b looks at me and goes i really like the work you're doing over there at company a i want you to come join my team and i'll pay you X amount of dollars more. I should have the ability under small L libertarianism to go, yeah, okay, fuck this company. I'm going to go work for this company. They're going to pay me more unless you're at least going to match or go above that. Right. But under a non-compete clause, you can't do that. Right. But yeah, so like I was, I was mentioning earlier, actually, so I worked in one company and it was with brain, like TBI, like traumatic brain injury people. And there was like nine of us. And then another company came up from Florida to start a new business doing the same thing here. And <laughs> granted, it was kind of fucked, but the company was fucking us. All nine of us jumped ship and went and worked for this new company. And all nine of us got served papers. We had to go to court for being for uh, breaking a binding contract of a non-complete cause, non-compete cause clause. Now we didn't even make it into court. We were just in the in the uh, like in the lobby. And then the lawyers settled and we were fine and we got to stay with our new company or whatever. But yeah, that's no, really like, how it goes. Yeah. And so I guess like not complete clauses are typically hogwash. But if you don't know that, you could be scared into keeping a job yeah, with lower people. wages. That's exactly right. Like it's it's a contract that you signed. And, and But here's the other thing about it, though. And here's where I go away from sort of the libertarian argument that, you know, or at least the anarcho-capitalist argument of like government just shouldn't exist, right? There are this is one of those situations where a small, limited government that oversees certain regulations does make sense because I, if if you don't have that small 
limited government. Now you have all of these all of these companies in a, in the same sector, right? So I'm in food sales, right? There are a handful of different food companies um, in my area, and I work for one of them, and I'm a sales rep. And so if all of those companies get together and agree we're all going to have non-compete clauses in the contracts for our sales reps, well, then everybody that you hire is fucked. Yeah. If they all get together and collude and say, all right, let's all have non-compete clauses. We're not going to steal each other's sales reps. That's not a free market. Not that's to me. not a free market. And so that's kind of the, the, the you know, I always, I, I, I consider myself fundamentally small L libertarian, but yeah, I have my issues with some of the, with some of the, especially the anarcho-capitalist aspects of it. Yeah. He, uh, Space Slum said, yeah, under libertarians, a magical free market fairy is going to appear just like that. Now, there are negative aspects to a free market. I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen, even libertarians. But uh, that's going to happen. <laughs> a free market also does a lot more for people with options for workers. And there's a lot of, there's probably like, the, there's probably a net gain to a free market capitalist society versus not. You know, the biggest example I use is like when we talk about like deregulations and things like that. Everyone wants things regulated, right? The easiest example that I could bring to that table and what and uh, what I typically use <clears throat> as that example is literally what we're drinking on our show is just craft beers. The big corporations, Bush, Miller, Anheuser, you know, I think Anheuser-Busch is actually the same company. Like, I don't know all like there's a couple big companies. They became the big boys on the block. And then they made it to the point where they couldn't have competition through regulations and taxes and things like that to the point where a lot of these small brewers, I think it was less than, it was like a thousand barrels made you a craft brewer. But if you, if you did a thousand and one, then you had to pay like 10 times the amount in taxes to distribute your, your ale. These companies couldn't afford that. So they had to keep staying really tiny. Sam Adams, the brewing company, made it to where it was like a million or 10 million. Like they spent a lot of money in litigation and in the courts making it to where these other breweries could actually distribute more beer. And that regulation getting lowered made more room for more jobs, more room for more choices, more room well, for people to actually go out on their own and make a, a make them make a, living on something that they want to do well he mentions you know no taxes in a magic free market like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, see that's really, that's, that's where we agree that's, like that's, the libertarians are nuts on a lot well, of the shit minute, they say that's that's not libertarian necessarily that's anarcho-capitalist that's what that that's is good, that's a good i i am not a fan of anarcho-capitalism i'm a fan of small libertarianism with limited government where it fucking makes sense i mean i i don't i don't think that's crazy it's just the way it is um. Yeah. I. So. Yeah. Anarcho-capitalism is basically no government, and uh, if the free if, market will fix it all. For, no, we if, need guidelines. You yeah, know, like one hundred percent. You know, like the, I like to use the metaphor of a uh, bowling. We still need those bumpers. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, or else just, we're gonna end in the just, gutter. It just needs to be limited. And like, unfettered capitalism leads to breadlines. Look at the Great Depression. But on the flip side, 
communism leads to bread lines. Look at China, Russia. And, you know, and people say, well, it wasn't implemented correctly, you know, and then sure, you could say that. But time and time again, every time it's implemented, it doesn't do what it's supposed to. And, and the interesting thing that's why you see is... a lot of countries uh, doing a mixed economy of socialism and capitalism. And now that's where I'm at. Some people don't have that mental capacity to sit there and eat ramen noodles for 10 years while they build a company and then all of a sudden become a millionaire. Some people need that extra hand and that help to take care of things. I don't know. I've lost them. Uh, anyway, do we have anything else we need to cover tonight? Oh, did you want to talk about the bees? Or do we want to save that? We could save the bees. We've gotten a lot super long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we just yeah. ran and Anyway, uh, banning non-compete clauses is good. Uh, we like it. Corey likes it. Uh, tell the people it. where they can find us. In Space Club, we'll definitely stick around, subscribe. A lot of these different things that you're bringing up, we bring up in conversation a lot. I'm sorry that we're kind of brushing over it right now because we have our little docket of the things we're talking about and we're getting into the, towards the end of the show. And uh, here you go, Dan, just for you. The mm. sort of podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at all li- at we can be found at libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter is at libservativepod, and you can find our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our tech tech videos can be found at libservativepodcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Oh! Conservative, <laughs> just two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. And until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. Wait, don't end the show. Are we on Podcast Addict? What? He, he just, mentioned he's going to look us up on Podcast Addict. I would imagine we are, one. Corey. I just, you just fucked up everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't know if we're on that one. <laughs> I got to imagine so. Looking it up right now. We are. We're on. We're on podcast. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Go ahead. Space plum will tell us. Shuck it out. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, should I do that again? Lip service. Um, Two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. This has been Lip Servitive, and we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.